Hi, this is Gareth, doing that conspiratorial voice that podcasters put on when they are introducing their podcast and the guest that they just recorded with isn't about. I'm just here at the front to tell you two things. One is that uh, the comic that me and Bobsy talk about in this episode I've used as the basis for some abstract comics that are being presented as part of uh, the Youngblood Initiative's Authentic Fake project. Um, which is on in it's just as I am speaking now it's just finished its run in Amsterdam in the Corridor Project space and will soon be opening in London in Blase House from the 14th to the 17th of June Uh, you can find Blase House it is uh, Q2 55 Wallace Road Hackney Wick E9 5LH if you go on Facebook and search for Youngblood Initiative you should be able to find it uh, and I'll put a link in the show notes the other thing I wanted to mention quickly is that while we were recording this episode uh, we just sort of lost connectivity a bit and um, it goes a bit choppy so I'll try and edit around it as much as possible Um, but if suddenly it doesn't make sense and I keep shouting Bobsy I can't hear you uh, it's because of that uh, and not for any other science fiction or uh, fantastical reason Um, right uh, I'm now going to play the opening sections of O Canada, the Canadian National Anthem, followed by an explosion, followed by me saying hi and welcome to Alpha Podflight. where every episode I'm joined by a guest and we talk about a single issue of the comic Alpha Flight. This week I am joined by Bobsy. Bobsy, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm Bobsy. I'm like a podcast guy. Um, check me out on uh, shadowtrap.libsyn.com, please. <laughs> okay, just doing the bits where you'd normally do at the end of the start. That's good. It's professional. Yeah. It's a great I would do, do that it. at the end. I do apologise, mate. No, it's all right. Um, five-star review. Uh, on iTunes, thanks. Um, right, so um, before I invited you onto the podcast, that will, I'll get to what we're going to cover in a second. But before I invited you on, what did you know about Alpha Flight? Ha! Uh, not much, not much. Um, I've been thinking about it because I, because you know, I know that this question was, I knew that this question was coming up, and um, on reflection, I realised that um, my first ever exposure to american superhero comics was the british weekly reprints of secret wars yes and i remembered that uh alpha fight some nice black and white reprints of what i presume were john byrne and chris claremont or maybe just john byrne and john burns you might have seen them in x-men when it was claremont writing Uh, but alpha flight it started off with just john byrne doing everything right yeah okay so i read a few of those Back issue, I've read a few of those re- reprinted as backup strips in Marvel UK's weekly uh, Secret Wars comics. So um, I kind of came across them very little, but very early. They were, they were, you know, it was like these guys. Why aren't these guys in the Secret Wars? They're obviously awesome too, right? Yeah. Um, I guess the uh, they were black and white. Some, or at least there was, there may have been a couple of pages of color in the in the reprints, but not really mm. black and white, but uh, big like UK size. And I remember. Uh, them looking pretty good. Uh, I remember there being a kind of a shot where 
um, North Star kind of has this weird sort of look at his sister when uh, she's coming out of her, of her. She kind of she does she uh, turns into Joan Collins basically. She's this kind of like prim school mistress or something. I know the bit you mean. Yeah, I know the. Uh, it's issue eight it happens in. Right. I uh, know it's not. It's seven. She is prim and proper Jean Marie, which is a her like school mom personality, and then yeah. she beats up a criminal, which flips her to Aurora, and she essentially takes off her dress and puts a belt around her shirt, and that's her new look for the day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that that was. In fact, I think that was color. Actually, I remember that leaving a reasonably good impression on me. <laughs> and uh, there was another one where a Snowbird was a. Um, was a cloud of flies for a while. And, <laughs> and there was another one which was, uh, and this is the one I remember best and liked best, which was like a retelling, I think, or maybe, maybe not a retelling, maybe the first telling probably of Sasquatch's origin. And it kind of starts out with him going, I'm researching gamma rays like Bruce Banner. Yeah. I hope I don't turn into the Hulk. And then the, 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 Read and then his like origin story is just a retread of like the TV show Incredible Hulk's yeah. origin story. Uh, Sasquatch uh, and, like, is interesting like, like that. Beat for beat. Because uh, I love Sasquatch as a character because his origin is I'm cleverer than Bruce Banner. I will do the Hulk properly, and then turns into a big furry Sasquatch and thinks that's a weird side effect of gamma radiation I wasn't expecting. And then uh, about 18 issues later, you find out that the experiment went totally wrong. He wasn't what he thought, and he was turning into a baddie. It was brilliant. It was really good. That's right. So he was kind of being infected by, like, the spirit of Sasquatch, rather yeah, than, like, that's it, yeah. Right. And it was just a coincidence. Well, he was lucky that the, 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 the Sasquatch spirit decided to come and rescue him from the terminal cancer that he was otherwise going to be <laughs> loading himself up with, I guess. Oh, uh, more innocent days. Yeah. yeah. So prior to this, I'd never read a comic which was like an Alpha Flight comic. Right. But but like um, some of my very earliest superhero encounters were actually Alpha Flight ones. Yeah, and I don't think that's unusual because they they were often because they're popular enough that they would just be chucked into a comic to sell the comic that month. Right. Um, so uh, Sasquatch would turn up in Machine Man or uh, have a fight with the Thing or and all these weird little um, just unnecessary Marvel fights. Um, so yeah, so lots of people are familiar with the characters without actually having read any Alpha Flight comics. Why were they so popular, Gareth? Because it strikes <laughs> me that because um, yeah, I mean I know they had they kind of invested in big name talent for the first few runs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but what, it why? Was, why were I they think they were introduced into the X Men when there there wasn't as many comics as there are now. So um, in terms of X Men books, you'd have had Uncanny X Men and New Mutants, and around that time you'd have had um, Wolverine's limited run with the Frank Miller yep. one. Yep. Um, but there wasn't like this dearth of X-Men things, and so when this team turned up fully formed in X-Men, fans, as far as I understand it, went crazy for it, and they were like, we desperately want another superhero team. Hand it over, and then John Byrne was like, "No, they're nothing characters. I don't want anything to do with them. Please leave me alone." And then just sort of got bullied into it by Jim Shooter. Right, that makes a lot of sense. So they, so they were, they were really sort of trading on that kind of primo X Men aura. Yeah, that's what right. it was. So they were supposed to be like the new X Men, and I, I'd really prefer them to the X Men, to be honest. 
even the even the eighties Claremont X Men, I prefer Alpha Flight as a team to them, even though they're not partic- other than Puck and maybe Sasquatch, uh, they're not Rubbish. that likable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's one of the things I like. Uh, right. So, but we're not actually going to talk about an Alpha Flight comic. We're going to talk about Alpha Flight Special 1987, which is this weird little bootleg comic that fell into my possession via um, John Bishop. And then I thought this would make a really nice comic to do a podcast on and thought that some of it would be up your street. So I sent the scans over to you. And yeah. yeah. So um, it was uh, credited to Jumpin' Jack Cameron and Rampaging Ron Hollister. Uh, And there's no other information other than that in the actual comic itself. Could you give a brief run? It's only, it's not very big either. Could you give a quick rundown of what happens in it? Okay, and and then afterwards, perhaps we can have a conversation about what it is because yeah, that's exactly what we'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because yeah. I don't, I'm confused. To be <laughs> like in 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 the way that I like being confused by things. Yeah. But I'm confused. Um, okay, so we start with a a nice dramatic sort of splash page where uh, James Hudson, I presume, that's um, Vindicator, because you know he hasn't got a chip on his shoulder or anything, um, is kind of introducing um, Alpha Flight as a team yes. and as a concept. Yep. And we go onto this uh, nine-panel gridded page, which is like page two, which, I mean, it's quite difficult to describe, isn't it? It's a rundown of Canadian things. It's a rundown of Canadian things. It kind of, it tells you about Canada. Now, I kind of assumed that, yeah, it tells you about Canada. I kind of assumed <laughs> that this is like some kind of homage or, or, I don't know like, what it is. I think it's like it's witty and playful, right? But it's not parodic. It's kind of played really straight, and yeah. it's almost like this kind of thing that Chris Claremont did it to a degree. But I understand that he was doing it under like Jim Shooter's kind of editorial direction. You had space where you were in each issue, and it feels like a page of that being really amped up to the max. Yeah, I think uh, what it is. So you're given is, this kind of nine-panel description of Canada and its totality, yeah. apparently. Yes. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll come back to why they they might have put this in. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. gonna have to. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, uh, uh, we have got to uh, Hudson. It's kind of um, get him out. Yeah. James Hudson again, the Guardian Vindicate Man. He gives us like a really classic sort of rundown of the Alpha, Beta, and Gamma flight teams. You know, classic, very straightforward, very kind of traditional. Some superheroes standing in a row and telling you who they are, or, or you're being told who they are, yeah. giving you their names and getting you, letting you have a really good look at their awesome costumes. And then it takes the first turn for the weird. I mean, not the weirdest turn for the weird, but but uh, quite a weird one. Uh, final page of the panel, final part of the page. Uh, Bill Shatner, William Shatner, Captain Kirk, T.J. Hooker, uh, just walks in. I didn't know he was Canadian. Prior to it turns yesterday. out he is apparently. Yeah. Turns out he is absolutely. He walks in and James Hudson's really pleased to see him and says, "Hey, Bill Shatner, what an honour! Thanks for coming in." Uh, and um, kind of meet the members of Alpha Flight 
through <laughs> through the medium of Bill Shatner. There's this nice kind of, the kind of the di- the captions kind of adopt his you know kind of mannerisms nicely. Uh, I thought it was from Iowa. I thought, was, but then I was, that's just a live Star Trek film. He <laughs> uh, meets Sasquatch, meets Puck, meets the twins, meets um, uh, you know uh, Armin and his yeah, Bateman. no Shaman. Uh, and then the alarm goes off. <laughs> It turns out that they're under attack from a villain called Thanos, who has kind of summoned some really awesome, like, demonic uh, rainbow creatures, <laughs> kind of to to kind of lay waste to Canada with or something. Yeah. Uh, and the team spring into action to take him on, and we're followed by this re- like this really cool spread where you realise that the superpowers of the uh, unicorns is that they can spit rainbows. At people like I breathe rainbow fire at people. Yeah, very psychedelic and awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much going on here. <laughs> you know, anyway. Uh, and then, but we, but we get it in this nice um, spread. We've got really good like leering close up from Thanos and um, Guardian, Sasquatch and Puck really sort of doing their things. Uh, the then Thanos, then they're, they're you know they're kicking ass. The the unicorns who are a bit, despite their kind of dramatic visual, aren't really. They're that not very effective at fighting, no. No, no, like you'd like you'd stick with kicking and just <laughs> using your horn to stab people with, didn't you? Uh, so they, so they're done, and then next time, and then next try, Thanos uh, calls up some dinosaurs again, kind of from who knows who knows where. Uh, they in turn are dispatched, like again, like really nicely. There's a really good panel of uh, Sasquatch kind of uh, punching. Uh, t-rex in the head is really yeah. good and uh some cool stuff with puck kind of doing his puck thing to confuse the classic confuse puck the role as well yeah <laughs> yeah i mean oh that's one of the ones that i do remember is how um puck was often accompanied and to the point where i kind of thought it was like his power he was kind of accompanied by mm. the circles right <laughs> like quite quite geometrically precise yeah uh, and i was thinking what is what are they doing is that like havoc's Circle power, which yeah. uh, Neil Adams used to kind of draw, is just like Havoc's power would be circles coming out of his chest. But it wasn't, no, it's just acrobatics. Uh, and the dinosaurs, though, are proving to be quite a challenge, really, because you flip over the page, or at least, you know, you, I, I've only got the scan that you sent me, so I'm, I, yeah. I, swipe, I swipe left or whatever, uh, or is it right? And think Whichever is the good one. Whichever. <laughs> yeah, the good, yeah, 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 no, quite. That's kind of what I was hoping to imply, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she gets really special then kind of all of a sudden rather than just like dealing with the threats as Thanos throws them at them Shaman are we sorry we're going with Shaman uh, yeah? I, that's what I say you can say Shaman if you want I'm, I'm happy to go with Shaman that's fine okay. uh, Shaman does magic to defeat Thanos in his hordes and it's this Really, like, really wonderful um, splash page where Thanos is kind of in, uh, you know, sitting cross-legged, doing his hand things, uh, and stuff goes really crazy. So far, we've had a fairly spare art style. There's not been a huge amount going on in the background. Yeah. This, it's been very traditional as well, and then suddenly it just it 
Joe's off on one. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. This is where I mean, this whole this whole book is a bit schizoid potentially. There's something a little bit odd about the mind of um, Jack and Ron. These kind of guys, yeah. like whoever the. I mean, we'll get to whoever they might have been. Yeah. Um, but this is where you realise that they're doing something really quite different, and we've got this incredible kind of like Native American motif inspired psychedelic magic special effects in the background happening behind shaman shaman as <laughs> as as he's doing his magic thing uh and the the we're kind of our, our eyes are like being absorbed by this by this kind of like incredibly rich background which has also got these really like dramatic captions where loads of stuff is happening kind of off screen while all of this psychedelic light show stuff is happening. Yeah, most of the action is just described rather than shown. Yeah, absolutely. It just happens in these captions. And, and Thanos suddenly, as, as quickly as he arrived, uh, is defeated by this awesome magic that um, Shaman, is doing, Shaman is doing. But the magic is kind of so great that it's getting, as it, I mean, obviously, you know, like it looks like it's, it looks like it's getting out of his control. Yeah, he does a proper Shaman or Shaman, which is just get it wrong. Just do it wrong. Is that like that's one of his things? It's one of his things, yeah. He did it from from the, his first appearance in X Men. He just got it wrong and almost destroyed Canada with a storm that which he couldn't control. <laughs> no, so so was, yeah, was Storm around to clear it up? Luckily, I think she was. That, that uh, that's, is, that's it, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and it, and okay, and then the final three captions um, after Thanos has been defeated, but the magic is getting all a bit too much. The final three captions. It whispers a single word. Thelema, the truth is revealed. And suddenly we're not dealing with like an Alpha Flight fan comic anymore? No. It, we, well, we've got an advert and then we've got... Uh... Yeah. And, and hang on. We've like got an advert, but it's, a, but it's like a fan comic. But they've gone... But they've I think taken it looks a... like they've just taken a photo of an advert and yeah. put it in. And shoved it in. Okay, okay. And, 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 okay. and before we get to that, see, they do that again at the end of the issue. Yeah. But this we'll time they've been hilarious. They're, they're taking the picture <laughs> that bit. But yeah. So I'm skipping ahead to the end just because we're talking about the adverts. So one of them is just like a Captain O advert, which I used to love because that was just where you could get your like... Did you know what these are? Because um, no. I'm really, suddenly really excited because um, me and Amy talked about them in, when we did our episode. We didn't know what was going on. Well, Captain O? Yeah. I just remember them from from being in the comics that you would get back then, and I had no, and I remember the little bit. Ask for Penny, the uh, receptionist in her kind of like super future uh, like air hostess outfit with her headset, waiting to take your order. Yeah. And I don't know what this was. You're supposed to just phone up and say, "I want the tent," or I think it's Avon via kids. So from having spent a lot of time, and there's not just Captain O, there's a bunch of them, but um. If you sign up, you're sent a catalogue, which you show to your friends and get them to order stuff through you. And then you get a dollar per everything you sell. So if you sell a bike, oh. you get a dollar. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's... Wow, that's kind of clever. Okay, I did not know... I really did not know that that was what it was. That's amazing. I remember playing Who's the Greatest Superhero games with my friends at school not at school actually with my friends who live down the road who weren't at school yeah um and being like well what are captain o's powers he's pretty cool and like and obviously <laughs> kind of being like 
well, Captain O's a real superhero because we've seen him. Yeah. And trying to work out his password. Oh, God. Okay, right. Thank you for filling in that little bit of gap. But then the lads, for the next advert that occurs in a couple of pages' time, they've been hilarious because they're fans and they can be. And it's just a bootleg comic. And um, they've, and it's like, uh, it's an advert for, again, they've taken a photo <laughs> of a, from a comic book for these sweets called Bonkers. Bonkers, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they've really, quite brilliantly, taken out the Ks all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a really bad cut-up job of putting, <laughs> of replacing the K with the rest of the words that so says boned instead of bonked. Yeah. But uh, everyone's boned out by new chewy chocolate boners. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, okay. Not the maddest thing that's happening in this comic. No. So, because we missed, um, what happens after Shaman Spell goes weird? Yeah, after Shaman Spell goes weird, uh, then, you know, the word Thelema at the end of the preview, at the end of that Shaman bit, uh, is the key because it just goes into this brief but intense sort of Alistair Crowleyite tract, yeah. almost, uh, where suddenly, uh, Characters of Alpha Flight, mainly Sasquatch, but uh, Northstar, uh, no, sorry, not, yeah, Northstar yeah, and uh, Aurora and yeah. Guardian yeah. and Shaman again uh, are kind of transposed into the Thelemic uh, Pan- you know, pantheon, pantheon of God. I had to Google it, I didn't know what was going on. Um, right, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, this is the thing, right? These days, you can Google it and find out what's going on here quite easily. Yeah. This is from 1987, presumably. It says, you know, it says it's from 1987. Um, and you, and and this stuff is fair was fairly difficult to get hold of back then. You would have had to have gone looking for it a bit. You would have had to have had some kind yeah. of familiarity with this material. Yeah, you'd have had to know to know if that makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And so, so we've got the kind of the um, the like the essential story of. Thelema of Alistair Crowley's kind of like personal religion uh, condensed down into a really cool page with the the kind of the psychodrama of the gods being worked out by Alpha Flight. Kind of this the 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 best kind of bits of Thelemic poetry in my view are taken <laughs> are pulled out. Now this line here: um, "For I am divided for love's sake for the chance of union." Like Thelema and Thelemites are often you know they kind of they manifest quite a lot in the world as this like. Uh, sort of reactionary individualism but uh in terms of like philosophical profundity the way that it um seeks to collapse the kind of um object subject problem uh that line i am divided for love's sake for the chance of union i think is 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 hiding some really quite serious insight and also uh also um from a poetic sense you know crowley was a kind of a dodgy poet but i think that line is lovely i think i think I think that as an explanation for why there has to be suffering in the world so that, so that suffering can be resolved in the form of love. Uh, I think that's, I think that's rather wonderful. I think Shakespeare would have been quite pleased with that. Um, uh, and, and, and the guys, you know, Jack and Ron, the guys have decided to uh, stick it in here as well. Then, you know, love is the law, love under will, do, do, do. Shaman kind of seems to get to grips with the lemic cosmology. Yeah. He pulls off some like Marvel hand gestures as well. So well, that's what you need to be able to do to be able to, to do, do magic. magic. Yeah, yeah. But he's kind of there's awesome. There's cool like the um, 
captions are placed over his eyes. So it looks like, you know, he's really kind of like internalizing whatever the depth of this secret. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of a few things, but nothing from the time. So, do you know the band Claxons? And this is aging me because <laughs> are well old as it and is. Your, Gareth, the Claxons, your favorite new rave band. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I really like new rave for the five minutes. It was, it was uh, viable. I'm going to struggle to name a second new rave band. Uh, so you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so am I. Uh, but, uh, so they did a video, uh, they did a single called Magic, which is all about Crow, Crowleyan magic. Crowellian? Crow, yeah. Crowleyan, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and that was all about that. That was, um, and in that they blindfolded uh, each other in turn, and then like this, uh, green fluorescent goosh out of from behind the mask, but yeah, it sort of reminds me of that. Uh, sort of reminds me. Okay. <laughs> in the so it's that taken... diversion, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to talk about Claxons to be honest. Yeah, I apparently, uh, I used to work. I was good. I am good friends with uh, a guy who went to college with them or something, and uh, cracking bunch of lads. Very nice. Had to um, kick Pete Doherty out of a house party once for shooting up smack and setting fire to the lawnmower oh jesus i know i know yeah uh, yeah, yeah that's my claxon story uh i haven't got claxon story no you just love them you just like just listening really to like them, yeah. <laughs> <I> still, <laughs> you know when you make playlists for yourself to like go in the car or on the way to work i still put uh-huh. atlantis to interzone on my playlists yeah, I've got a soft spot for that one as well, just because you don't get enough J.G. Ballard referenced in um, pop music since alive, except for that kind of Halcyon period of early synth pop in about 1979, 1980. Yeah. Uh, and then they did for one for one delicious sec- uh, second in 2005. Was that New Rave? Uh, it was when me and Amy moved in together. So I was already too old for New Rave. So yeah, I was too. I used to, I used to watch it on MTV two when I was getting ready in the morning. I used to watch <laughs> all the new ravers dancing about on MTV two. Um, I yeah. reckon, um, I reckon that they probably look quite good in retrospect. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my neck out and say I admire the new ravers' fashion sense. They weren't even. Oh, it's Test Icicles. They were the other big one. Test Icicles. <laughs> they were really good as well. <laughs> That's a good name for a band. I approve of that. Um, but then they broke up because they're like, everyone thinks, everyone's, we, everyone likes us, but we're just taking the piss and we don't want to, we don't have to put up with this anymore. So they just broke up. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about... Do you reckon they've all committed suicide or stuck in terrible dead-end jobs? Well, no, one of them uh, is, um, he's a producer called Blood Orange now. Uh, what's he done? He's done loads of stuff. Uh, and he, oh, what else is he in? He's got... He, yeah, he's got a separate, very successful career. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah. I take it back about the more committing to I would. I mean, I don't want them to. Um, and then, uh, yes. and that's kind of the end of the book. Yeah. That's kind of the end of the book. Except for, you know, it's already got pretty weird. But this final bit... Oh, okay, right. We haven't really mentioned the cover yet, or either, right? So it's a nice... Uh, <laughs> Is it like a Suicide Squad cover that it's homaging? No, it's it's homaging um, Alpha Flight 12. And I say homaging is... is uh, they've, they've practically traced it. They've made some alterations. But... They've made one really big alteration that I can see, probably. Yeah, there is one big alteration. Yeah. 
Which so is... there's... No, go, go on. on. I don't know who should do the reveal. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a giant Pierre Trudeau. Yeah. Uh, in the place of Snowbird. Um, right, okay. Because I was going to go, okay, right, God, okay, God. Because that makes sense that they traced it and then replaced it because I'm like, why haven't they got Snowbird in there? <laughs> well, she's not in the comic. She's been no, written she's out. No, she's not. Um, it makes sense. Why? What do you? Anyway, I mean, maybe they've got good reason for that because she's she's herself is um a god, isn't she? Yeah. So maybe they didn't want her in here because it would kind of you know it would be like they'd be invoking multiple overlapping and potentially contradictory god forms to inhabit the book. It, it could be that, or it could be they just didn't like her because nothing yeah. did. Um, or does. Uh, so, but yeah, but so, so she's been. But yeah, so there is a photograph of a very giant Pierre Trudeau <laughs> in one of the targets, um, which I did uh, not know who Pierre Trudeau was. I had to look that up. Pierre yeah. Trudeau is the this. It's not a coincidence that he shares his surname with the current Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. It's Justin Trudeau's dad, who was the Prime Minister of Canada. He was the third longest running Prime Minister of Canada from 1969 to like 1984. He was he was a long running Prime Minister there at the yeah. time. Not oh, all right. Okay, let's do the last page quickly. <laughs> uh, I just like the fact that you've Googled Pierre Trudeau more than I have. Um, well, I was a bit. I'm st- uh, this uh, mate. I'm stumped by all, by this. I'm stumped, and uh, I thought that a, a bit of casual Wikipedia reading might help but yeah yeah i'm not sure if it has and then okay and then after um so after shaman has has kind of absorbed the magic of the lemur uh or become it somehow you know um has started to see through its eyes it suddenly just the, the final page is this kind of i it's quite a creepy sketch of <laughs> Pietro yeah, again. he's a bit bonk is bonk eyed the right Bonkai, I don't know if that's... I don't know if you're allowed to say that. We're not allowed to say Bonkai. I don't think so. Um, I apologise to any Bonkai listeners. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah, but he's sort of... I think he's looking to the future? Yeah, yeah, no, he's in in a very kind of serene, reflective, or, uh, or kind of somewhat aspirational kind of attitude, looking kind of... And he's either kind of looking at or framed by... Or just behind him, there is yeah. a picture, like a classic picture, like a, of a group shot of Alpha Flight drawn by John Byrne. Like again, just like a uh, just like a photo or a photocopy yeah. of a team shot of Alpha Flight, kind of behind him. And he's dropped and in. The, yeah. The caption says, "It is with great pride that I, Pierre Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada and its provinces, present Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight and Canada leading the world in freedom, capitals, to a bright tomorrow." And, and that's his like, signature. That's his signature. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and then and then we get to the brilliant bonus ad at the end. Yeah. What what the hell, man? <laughs> I, th- I I as I understand it. So from the little that I've been able to find out about this comic and from clues in it, I think it's supposed to be presented as like a Canadian propaganda comic. So, on the front page, it says, the government of the Dominion of Canada and its provinces present Alpha Flight. And then Guardian is uh, waving, and then he 
Wang's known about Canada for ages. And so, as I understand it, this was a... It was so Jack and uh, Ron, yeah, made it up as an in-universe propaganda comic in a, in a universe where Alpha Flight didn't get defunded before the first issue of Alpha Flight. Ah, right. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So there was like a secret stack of these comics that the Canadian government had made before they decided to pull the plug on Alpha Flight. And that's what these were. That's very advanced, isn't it? Because I, I, um, when I was reading this, I thought there's, there's a kind of, there's a slight, there's a slightly kind of comic book fan thing where they, you can't quite tell whether they're being parodic or, or just. There's homage. a lot of fan service in it. I mean, the first few pages are they're literally taking well-established fan favorite pages and redrawing them. Oh, are they right? So that first one where we see Guardian waving up at the camera, yeah, um, that is actually the, pan- the the page from Alpha Flight number one. It's the first thing we see of Alpha Flight since the X Men and all their like little um, bits and pieces in other comics. And oh. but he stood in like the ruins of Department H, which has been the Canadian government has abandoned, and he's all maudlin and sort of wandering around as he shuts up shop. Oh, but here he's triumphant, and he's got like a he's got like an expensive looking computer. Yeah, and there's some ah! like people in lab coats doing yeah, stuff yeah, in yeah. the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then on so after the the Canada page, which <laughs> yeah. Got, so again, this page layout is and it, it's been picked up by other creators as well. So you'll see this anytime the Alpha Flight has to be introduced for whatever reason. So there's four volumes of Alpha Flight, and so this page gets reused by different writers but um, in the original it was James Hudson going on about the teams which he did have and then in the bottom Mm -hmm. Gary Cody who is his government liaison wanders in and they have a chat but Gary Cody's been replaced with Bill Shatner literally Ah. in the exact same place that Gary Cody was in the original. So it is like a kind of a corporate not corporate but like yeah like a government sponsored welcome to Alpha Flight yeah like a reimagined yeah, basically. Oh my god, that's amazing. Okay, so um, so actually, hang on. Quite a lot of the randomness and kind of uh, inconsistency of this actually resolves into. I mean, aside from aside from it being advanced in terms of it being a piece of like fan in, of like heavily engaged in fandom fan fiction. Yeah. It actually, if you insert it into the actual Marvel universe itself, it makes a little bit more sense. It makes a little, well, it makes quite, yeah, okay, it makes quite a lot more sense. But again, it, it's it's that weird mixture of fan service and like Canadian jingoism, and then just this weird New Age religion thing, just like shoehorned in the back. Um, which yeah. has again, so as I understand it, it was. Um, it was one of those like little comics that sort of float around, uh, and then you hear about them occasionally, where they're just being made by fans, and then somebody higher up doesn't like it, and it sort of gets shuts down a bit. So I saw a thing on Twitter recently, where um, a someone had made sort of a semi-pornographic Spider-Man comic, and right, it somehow yeah, yeah. got to Steve Ditko, and he'd moaned about it, and, and written <laughs> a letter to the to the creators. And from what I understand, this was similar 
Um, there's a few bits in it, but I think the main. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, you're, you're, perhaps you're going to say this just now, yeah. but and it happens kind of very incidentally. Uh, but it did jump out at me when I was reading it. Um, Northstar admits he's gay. Yeah. Just kind of in passing. In passing. Basically he's because, he's, he's because Aurora's taking the piss. About um, the rainbows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the rainbows, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, so... And that's uh, what, three, five years before he was kind of outed in the comics? or before so he came this out was 1987 and he came out in 1992. So yeah, five years. Um, and it was an open se- if you read it uh, so um, Sean who I had on, on on episode 2 I think yeah yeah um, he said that when he was reading it at the time he got it and he he saw North Star at a pool party with all men and was like oh right so he's gay um, whereas Rob who came on recently uh, didn't get it at all and was surprised when he came out um <laughs> So, well, and Rob was reading it as, as it was coming out. As it was coming out, yeah. Right. Uh, and like, he was cool with it and everything, he's fine. But um, it was a surprise. Well, funnily enough, I'm trying to find people with views who I thoroughly disagree with to be on the podcast, but I think that's because I'm self-destructive. Um, oh, no, but what about like the burn forums? You'll have you'll find you'll have old school reactionaries there and old school burn fans. I mean, you yeah. Know. But I mean, burn was writing him as gay. Um, so I think. I mean, they're weird for other reasons. Um, I reckon that they're some. I reckon you could find a homophobe there. <laughs> I, think you, I think you probably could as well. But I don't think. I think John Byrne, for all his spikiness. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not accusing him of that. No, 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 no. no. I'm all right with John Byrne. He is. A, he's a. He's. He's a classically eccentric comic book creator. But I've got no. Uh, you know. Um, I'm a big fan of his uh, X Men run. Uh, I'm a big fan of his Superman and Fantastic Four runs. Uh, he's. He's all right by me, mostly. Good. Good, popular opinion around here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so that was one of the things um, that people didn't like this comic for that. That's so that the people that got to see it. Um, and then, but yeah. this is but but no one had ever, but it had never been said out loud before. So these guys were yeah. kind of jumping the gun a bit on that thing. And and okay, so like the fandom must have been fairly small back then. Um, the chart, or, or at least not. I, I think I, so, I, yeah. Okay, so not, not so not the not the number of fans, but the fandom. If the you know type what I mean. Of like, fan, yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah. And like, and if they were producing bootleg fan comics, they would have been, you know, the the, the convention scene in Canada, which is presumably where they're from, and presumably where they were distributing, however many copies of this they made. Yeah. It's, I presume it, it was. Can- yeah. The, there's. Yeah. Other than going on about Canada, there's nothing that would say they were Canadian. But... Uh, yeah. Other than them going on about Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. And no, there is a bit um, uh, on the Canada page. Um, there's a picture of Terry Fox, um, and it says, "We have, in all sincerity, genuine superheroes." R.I.P. Terry. We miss you. Which is kind of a Canadian thing. So. Okay, so he's like a one-legged long-distance runner or something? Oh, he's amazing. So, um, nineteen uh, early 80s, 1980 maybe, he was uh, a jock who right. got cancer. Oh, dear. Lost a leg to cancer and um, was like, right, there's only one way that uh, people are not going to have cancer is if science can solve it and they're not going to do that without money. So I am going to 
run across the whole of Canada oh, on my one goodness. leg. Um, and yeah, so in, and from what I know, he ran across. He, he, he was just doing him, him, him and his mate. His mate was following him in the van, and they'd sleep in the van at night. And then he got about a quarter of the way across, and people started to get into it. So he was on the news. Yeah. People would let him stay around the house, and it was a big old deal. Uh, it's called the Marathon of Hope. And then that's on his T-shirt. Yes, that's it. And then, but about halfway through, he collapsed. Oh. And it's because his cancer had come back. And um, he didn't. He, he didn't get to finish the run. Um, oh! But yeah, he's um, he's just like one of those sort of Canadian icons. I know. I know about him through um, Douglas Copeland books because he gets mentioned a fair bit in that. Right. Um, so yeah, that's that's a genuinely excellent story and sad. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, okay, I was I was in no doubt whatsoever that. Um, or at least, you know, okay, I, I can't, I don't know, obviously, but I'm in no doubt that the guys who made this comic are Canadian. Like, definitely. <laughs> There's the, 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 the kind of the references to Canadaness, uh, are, are too, they're too, they're just too sincere. They're just, they just don't read as parodic enough as they would if you were doing it as a straight up parody. Even, yeah. even forgetting, that the kind of the genuine pathos of that thing about Terry that you just said, and yeah. and that and that caption where they say "R.I.P. Terry, we miss you." Um, even within that, it's like it's almost like they're trying to be like a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit kind of uh, mocking or kind of like they're aware of the ridiculousness of this page, this Canada page, yeah. but they don't, but they can't, but they can't help but mean it. Yeah, and they're, they're things which they like about Canada as well, I think. They make uh, Canada seem great. Yeah. Um, or they, nice. <laughs> it, it does come across as very nice. I mean, they fumble it. They manage to misspell Niagara. Um, yeah, no, there's a couple of amusing um, uh, typos, but that's just typos in a fan comic. That's all yeah. right. Yeah. It looks like it was made on a typewriter as well, and so fair, I couldn't use a typewriter to do anything. Um yeah, so using an actual typewriter to and then to like get it to the right shape for the page and then cut it out and stick it on. That's that's it took them ages to do this. It's a lot of work, yeah. yeah. I think because it's sort of like zinish, isn't it? So if you think yeah. about the time that this would have been made and sort of like punk scenes and uh, uh, I'm, I'm basing this solely on. Have you played the game um, Gone Home? No, don't it, never it, played a video game for a long time. <laughs> It's very good, uh, okay. but in that it, one of the characters is making zines and it's set in the eighties uh, and is all around Sleater Kinney and having to Betsy and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well, all of that makes a bit more sense, right? So, like, you've got the you've got the you've got the kind of the the clever postmodern rationale for why this thing exists inside. Like, if you kind of imagine it as being an artifact from the Marvel universe. Yeah. You've got the you've got the Childish humour at the end with the turning bonkers into boners. Not realising it's bonkers... just it is funny, but yeah, it's unnecessary. No, it's no, it's really funny. Uh, you know, <laughs> like the word bonkers is funny too, though they missed that. Uh, and then the uh, the kind of the abrupt, like the kind of the genuine revelry in like superhero action that the main big splash page evinces. Yeah, it's really throwback, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah it's great. Yeah. It's very, um, it's just really exuberant and kind of like what you want a big superhero battle to be like. 
then the abrupt turn into cultish occultism. And then this kind of strange, okay, so the thing that, and then the strange kind of like bit of like political orthodoxy at the end, which again may or may not be parodic, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's absolutely born out of mid 80s zine culture. You know, this is, this is why I think that it kind of, the overlap between the zine fairs and the Canadian comic book scene at uh, the convention level that must have existed as far as it did. Would have been huge, right? Like, there's no way that this didn't get into the hands of the people at Marvel, I think. Yeah, uh, if they're in, at conventions, they don't have proper conventions, then what do they have? Uh, what do they call them? Like, travelling marts, sort of thing. Marts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where been, someone would just turn up with a load of boxes of comics, and they'd all go mental. The thing yeah. is, one, the thing is with those kind of, like, early fandoms, it's like, once you've made the effort to kind of step out of your bedroom and go to the thing at the place, the actual number of people who are that committed to doing the thing are really small. Yeah. And you bump into all of them. And a couple of them know the editor at Marvel Comics. Yes. So, 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 although it seems like kind of this thing exists in its own strange pocket universe, the, the, the people who got their hands on it at the time, would have been a lot more plugged into the alpha flight <laughs> reality, you know, like the milieu of its production than you might expect, than you might otherwise expect. Right. Like it's yeah. obviously obscure, but it would have been an in joke, which would have got into the hands of the right people in my, in my view. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think people who, yeah, the, the, I was going to try and add a statement onto yours, but <laughs> you summed up. <laughs> There's no point. Um, yeah, I think you're right. And um, and I don't get the... Okay, so at the bit at the end... Yes. Why... Justin Trudeau wasn't even... Sorry, Pierre Trudeau wasn't even the Prime Minister of oh, Canada. Oh, no. So, yeah. so, so this was... Did you say left in 1984? Yeah. I think it's... Again, it's fan service. So he is the Prime Minister who defunds Alpha Flight in the comics. Oh! Um, yeah, okay, right. Yeah. So, yeah. And John Byrne draws him very unsympathetically. He's right. He's sort of like a Weasley uh, little man. But yeah, he, yeah, I think, and I think that's what it is. I think they're setting it in 1984, which is when Alpha Flight 1 came out, even though they've called it nine, special 1987. Right. Uh, okay, this suddenly does make a lot more sense. Because, and it makes more sense than my view on it that I'd had because I was thinking the creepy shot of Trudeau at the end here yeah. is classic he looks like um, he looks like a classic sort of new world order lizard right <laughs> his son yeah uh, is now the Prime Minister of Canada yeah the first ever uh, son of a Prime Minister to become Prime Minister himself it happened just in the week, or at least you gave this to me, in the week when uh, Canadian-US relations hit an all-time low yeah. due to due to the kind of the uh, you know we you know due to Trump basically um, the uh, chief deity, if you like, or the kind of the kind of the object of the 
aeon as it is kind of as it's kind of come through in in alistair crowley's kind of cosmology is uh horus the crowned and conquering child who is himself the son of osiris (laughs) right yeah and they're fighting these uh kind of atavistic forces of canadian backwardness and conservatism that trudeau spent his entire life and that his son is now is now in his own kind of like neoliberal way uh even though um pierre would have been a more classical liberal uh these dinosaurs which you can find t-rexes they do they have dug up t-rexes in canada okay these so they're fighting like these avatars of like old canadianness but they're projecting into the future with this creepy muscular liberal new world order reptoid trudeau thing whose yeah. son then goes on to become like i got well plugged into this <laughs> is what i'm saying well because while you're saying while you're saying that something really weird happened last night so uh i am currently doing what i do with comics which is to take pages from existing comics and then turn them into like art pieces so i'm um, abstracting pages from this yeah um but as I was working on them last night, um, uh, Justin, uh, I don't know his actual name, uh, the bitty guy, but he runs the Alpha Flight fan group on Facebook. Right. He tweeted me and said, oh, I really like the podcast. Have you heard this song? So it's as I was literally like thinking about nothing except Alpha Flight. Just <laughs> He came into my mentions. He was like, have you heard this song called Alpha Flight, uh, Alpha Flight 12 by Vulcan Dub Squad? This is a real thing. <laughs> so yeah, hang on. is this fan music from within the marvel universe no it's not it's fan music from <laughs> canada where uh, these punks do a four and a half minute rundown of everything that happens in alpha flight 12 what <laughs> it's brilliant it's is really that, good where, hang on alpha flight 12 that must have been like 1981 or something alpha flight 12 was 1985 right but so that's weird enough uh it's the exact same issue that the cover of this comic homage is. Oh, that's it's really weird. weird. It's really weird. So he was I, like, have you ever heard this song? Oh. And then I like scampered off to YouTube. I was like, this is a bit weird, actually. Yeah. Is this punk band, sorry, is it? are they, are they now or are they then? They were 2000 and like, early 2000s. Okay, so it's unlikely that Jack or Ron would have been involved in this punk band. They would have had no idea about them, no. No, I don't think so. What do we know about Jack and Ron? Other than what we can, um, other than what we can kind of infer a bit, we, I reckon, you know, I'm, I'm convinced they're Canadians. I'm convinced yeah. they're probably uh, punks or, or zinesters. They, that boners joke makes me think that they're sort of like hippies. It's like a hippie joke. Uh, yeah, but you know, but hippie. I don't know. No, no, but I mean, okay, so like, um, distinctions between uh, words like hippie and punk are basically they're not very useful, really. No, I don't suppose so. They're just they're just kind of they're just different names for what the counterculture looked like at the time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, and I yeah, I don't know anything about them. Um, what? I I was really hoping that you kind of had a little kind of bow to wrap all of this up in. 
I really don't. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make a guess that their real names aren't Jack Cameron and Ron Hollister. Um, I I I picked up on that because that's they're a bit too on the nose. Yeah, that seemed a bit too on the nose. It's because it's um Jack Parsons and Ron Hubbard, isn't it? Yeah, and um, Marjorie Cameron, who was Jack Parsons' wife. Ah, uh, yeah. Known as the artist Cameron, and I don't know off the top of my head who Hollister would be, but <clears throat> uh, it does feel a bit um, feels a bit neat to have to be called that and to know each other and then to do this. Yeah. So where do you, hang on? So where do you think? So okay, so that would also imply that they were actually you know hippies, punks, new ages, whatever, mm. who were actually into this Crowley stuff. Yeah. Why do you think it does? Do you think that does fit into the in the Marvel universe? This is a propaganda comic from Canada bit, or uh, is this just where they? Is this just where they're stoned and they don't care and they're just doing the comic now? I think maybe because I mean because it, it's it's not even two halves; it's two parts, right? So you've got a pretty straightforward Marvel style comic yeah. with all the tropes you get from that and then it just takes it's not even a left turn it's like a turn down a really big <laughs> unexpected rabbit hole that, uh, that, and two pages just a different comic yeah um do you think it, that one of them say say that jack and ron weren't necessarily maybe who they uh, call themselves but it yeah. could be but that, like you say there are two deaf there could be two very different voices at work here couldn't you and it could be that one guy did his bit and then another guy went, well, here's my pages. Yeah. Or even... Uh, so, um, have you read Dangeritis? Sorry, <laughs> this is slightly different. Just William Have you read Dangeritis? No. Where uh, it's by um, oh, Robert Ball and Warwick Johnson-Cadwell? Or Warren Cadwell-Johnson? Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, know, I haven't read it, but I think the names are familiar. It's very good. Okay. But uh, in it's a comic which they they one would do a page, pass it to the other, they do a page, they pass it to the other, they do a page, and they're like trying to trip each other up page by page. Ah, like an exquisite corpse. Yeah, and this feels like that, but really like I'll do the front of it, and then you do the back of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because within the um, within the concept of. Uh, okay, so this is a comic that that if you were in the Marvel Universe, you could buy, and it's been financed by the Canadian government, and blah, blah, blah. If one of you was a comic book fan, and the other one was like a... Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and, a a fan of other stuff, yeah. Yeah, was like into his acid or whatever, then this is what... That's what the two halves could look like. And this... I mean, because the page with Shaman must have taken ages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is that's um that's the work of a of a of an obsessive on drugs basically. I mean, sorry yeah. to be like, oh, you know, it's like it's on drugs, but <laughs> but it probably, you know, somebody really had to be into doing that for several evenings of time, didn't they? Yeah, someone who spent a lot of time in head shops. Yes. Um. Yeah, because or like, or like that's just like the that's like the 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 it was it was obviously a rug. It's either on their floor or it could even be hanging on their wall in the style of time. <laughs> And that, just that was what they cost him. Obsessively redrawn their rug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's an extremely uh, potent thing. 
for because for what is you know it's only what 14 pages or whatever presumably you know the 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 photos and whatnot on this scan are a bit smudgy presumably the copy that you've got if it's a a 30 year old photocopy yeah it's fairly rough yeah yeah it's an extremely potent object yeah it's it's just one of those things which i love (laughs) i've read and reread it and um you just i just get like super enthusiastic about stupid things and it was alpha flight and now it's this weird knockoff alpha flight comic Um, yeah i mean i think this is uh, this is um like i say i've never read like an alpha flight alpha flight comic this is my first one and i'm kind of I may never read another one because I don't think that they're ever going to quite live up to this. <laughs> um, and yeah, it as an Alpha Flight fan, they've condensed certain things. So they've done a, they've made a decent stab at catching the voices of the characters. And there's little dialogue as there is in the comic. There's not a lot. Yeah. Um, they they try and get the voice. Uh, they miss it a couple of times. They don't do very well with North Star and Aurora. But Puck and Sasquatch come, come across very well, I think. Sorry, who comes across very well? Uh, Sasquatch and Puck. Right, okay. They, they get the they get the voice, I think. I thought um, the um I thought that the work on North Star and Aurora was what I mean. Again, I don't really know how they're supposed to talk in the comics, but that's how in my head the they would talk the yeah. pervy twins from Alpha Flight talk with their silly <laughs> French accents. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I do feel increasingly uncomfortable at the pervy twins angle because I'm seeing it more. The more people say it, and people have been saying it, the more uh, uncomfortable I get with it. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that the guys who made this were into it. It wasn't. It wasn't their. It wasn't their first thing that they were into. Uh, but they were definitely. Uh, they definitely weren't kind of like naive or, or just like no. thoughtful enough to not realise that Alpha Flight was that um, North Star was queer. And that that sh- and that you know a couple of times when they've drawn like the bit where he says he's gay, the the look on her face is yeah. you know there's a touch of extra glamour there, isn't there? There's a touch of um there's a they've touch sassied of, her up, yeah. They've sassied her up, and that eyebrow is doing quite a lot of work, yeah. Yeah, and what I've just noticed is that they're never in panels separate to each other, so they're not they're only in three panels, but in every panel they're in, they're in together. Oh well, except for the panel, the like the big panel on the final page. Oh, sorry, of course, where, yeah. Where they are kind of, um, yeah. I mean, they're in those weird sort of like cosmic menage with um, Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> but they, but they, but they, yeah, but they, but they appear as separate entities within this kind of cabalistic representation of Alpha Flight. Yeah. Um, Do can you hear my um, neighbour quite happily playing his guitar there? I, can hear, I thought it was a car, but it's it's, uh, it's nice. Okay, good. I'm going to tell him off for in a minute because it's a bit late to just start practicing your guitar in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but no, I think I I could probably point stuff out in this comic for ages, but uh, as podcasts go, that could get tiresome. Um, give me give me so, one more. Give me one other thing that really like boinked you on the head about it. That really got me. Yeah. There's one bit which I laugh at every time I read it, and I forget about it until I read it. Um, and my son was giving me funny looks this morning because I was reading it and laughing to myself. <laughs> it's where um, Thanos, and 
which, by the way, they spell his name differently every time it appears. Well, that uh, was why I, that was why I struggled pronouncing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he is soliloquizing. Soliloquize. He is talking to himself in the middle of the double edge double spread, and he says, "This plan is astoundingly brilliant. I love it so much." <laughs> <laughs> It's just such off dialogue. Um, yeah, I know. I enjoyed that bit when I read it about how he says, I go to start on one side. Just go to the other side of Canada. Coast of, travel east. <laughs> it's really like there is like there is like a kind of a Department of Education vibe to this where they're like, we are going to tell you as much about Canada as we legitimately can. Even. Yeah. So like um, they make sure that they use. The names of people. So, uh, North Star and Aurora make a thing about um, Judd being Saskatchewan, so he's not as cultured as people who are Quebecers. Um, which fits the um, which fits the Trudeau thing, right? If he's like some kind of aristocratic new master of a newly realised muscular national ca- nationalistic Canada, yeah, then that's his Quebecois. Uh, aristocratic mien coming through there right and his his because this i found this on wikipedia today as well his <laughs> um motto or like his catchphrase or like his running slogan or whatever yeah pierre trudeau's was uh reason before passion now oh wow re- yeah reason before passion is not entirely different in meaning i think you may to love is the law love and the will boom that is weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, check out. I mean, let's keep an eye on um, Justin Trudeau next time he's in the paper and see if he's like wearing a crown or talking about, you know, the power of the sun to obliterate the soul and stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just be thankful that I don't think he has access to nuclear weapons. Uh, no, I'd be. No, well, I mean, Thanos says it himself. Canada has a uh, willfully underfunded. Uh, military so <laughs> but excellently financed superheroes second string superheroes <laughs> <laughs> um yes thank you so much i'm gonna have to call it because yeah, 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 sure, yeah. thank you so much for coming on it's been a genuine pleasure uh, my pleasure thank you for inviting me i've really enjoyed i've really enjoyed reading about alpha flight it's been great <laughs> um if people would like to find you or any of your projects on the internet where could they do that Oh, I did that at the start. Uh, let's see what I can remember what I said. Um, shadowtrap.libsyn.com. It's my podcast where me and my mate Rosie talk about monsters. It's very good. Um, oh, that's very kind of you to say so. Thank you. Um, what's next? What's the next episode going to be about? Uh, coming up in a while. I don't know when this episode of this is going to go online, but the next one that we've got, we've recorded and it's coming out in the next day or two is uh, about um, the Nick Rogue movie, The Witches, based on the Roald Dahl novel. That's and, right, because you're doing three podcast about witches we're in the middle of our um witches trilogy we've already done uh, the craft on the maiden we're doing uh the witches on the mother and we're doing uh the witch or the witch you know uh the 2015 eggers movie yeah. uh for the crone yes so check it and out I, good fun. as a personal aside i am terrified of witches they're they're like my my thing that i'm scared of oh um, they're all lovely in my experience don't worry Oh no! I think real life witches are fine. But yeah. You know when like people have fears about stuff. Yeah. That's that's the thing that gets me. Oh I don't really? Know, I don't know why. Yeah. What do they look? What does your scary witch look like if you close your eyes and picture her in your head? I'm trying to think of 
where would this have come from? It's, it's that same sort of... I haven't seen the whole of the film, The Vich, because I was watching it and Amy Amy had gone out and she was supposed to be out for a while, but she came back early, so I had to turn it off because she would not have liked it. Um, <laughs> I never went back to it because I was too scared. But it's that sort of witch, that sort of giving themselves up to something that they don't really understand sort right. of witch. Uh-huh. And they've lost their personality and their sort of... It's they that, aren't just mad and cackling. Yeah. Um, and um, there's something else that... Uh, anyway. Grot bags. Not grot bags. She was lovely. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad that you uh, like grot bags. I think. She could be quite scary when she charged into the pink windmill sometimes, I thought. Uh, I was more scared of the pink windmill. <laughs> not, not of not of Fryhead and Eva, but the actual pink windmill, and that they were funneling children into it for no reason. Yeah, well, there was a reason. It was so that Emu could grab them. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mate, everything everything we saw on telly when we were kids is suspect. It's yeah. all just suspect. No, I know. Um, I st- yeah, I won't go into my nightmares about things I saw on TV, which I can't Google to verify if they're real or not. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's you, Shadow Trap. Uh, yeah, I recommend yeah. people go and listen. Yeah, thank you. Just listen to my podcast. Just me talking about monsters and nonsense. It's good fun. Um, I am on the internet as uh, Gareth A. Hopkins at Gerthink, which is T-H-G-R-T-H-I-N-K. Um, please leave a five-star review on this podcast. Uh, oh, this, it was worth it. This particular podcast is also um, being done... So it's not being done as part of, well, it is sort of being done as part of, but um, I'm doing artwork based on the comic that we've talked about this for the next Youngblood Initiative Showcase, which is happening, oh, uh, Private View is on the 14th of June, and uh, there is a series of events around that. Um, I can't make the Private View because I am a father and have to look after my children. Um, but I, I will be there for the live performance night on Saturday the 16th if anybody fancies coming down it is in uh, this is the sort of thing I should have had on the screen before I start talking about it um, no, mate, but I'll put great. the show notes Back on. I think it's in I want to say Hackney Wick London, London? it's in London yeah. If you travel to London, if you're up north, just get on the train, go to London, <laughs> you'll find it, no worries. Just if, you, if you're not sure where to go, just ask someone in the street, they'll yeah. definitely set you right. And people in London love chatting to strangers. It's fine. They'll happily just stop and give you plenty of their time. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a woman on the train this morning who was sat really far into the carriage, but was desperately looking for pregnant women to give her seat to. It was really nice. She actually said to someone standing up, if you see a pregnant woman, can you give her my seat? Oh yeah, you don't see that every day. No, she's. You be- don't see it every day. No. <laughs> I was sat in my chair opposite her, just going, "What are you doing?" <laughs> That's a woman who's been destroyed by London. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Katie Hopkins was sat in the disabled seat as well. <laughs> There's a woman who's been destroyed by London. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Uh, for coming here Bobsy and right. thank you the listener for listening to Alpha Podflight I hope you'll join us when we talk about something else um, We in the coming weeks I have another Alpha Not Flight with Martha discussing Tintin and the Cassiofiore Emerald and um, uh, there's also some bonus episode from the episode I recorded with Claire Napier where we discuss how awkward the X-Men were so Thank you very much, and...